Good morning. So three ways to increase your protein intake plus why you should increase your protein intake or shouldn't. Why you wouldn't, why you shouldn't. So um, if you're just coming in, give me a hello. If you are on replay, let me know. If you are wanting more information about our January kickstart, we have a flexible start date, um, Marlboro devices, or all from home, just comment below kickstart, I'll send you the details. Also free talk on gut health that I'm doing on the 26th of January, 8 p.m. If you want more information on that, how to ditch the bloating, improve your gut health, comment below with gut health and I'll get you the details on that. Anyway, over the next three to five minutes, I'm gonna be talking about protein and why you might want to increase it, how to and why maybe not. So let's, let's take protein. Protein is one of the macronutrients of, hey Karen, carbs, protein and fat. It's four calories per gram, which is the same as carbohydrates. So you might ask, carbs, are they really bad? Fat is nine calories per gram. So on the basis of it, um, you can see why low-fat diets were once um, a big thing, because it seems like the most obvious way. There's obviously other issues with that, more on that another day. So protein, we know it helps your hunger. Your hunger hormones that tell you that you're full up, or hunger-suppressing hormones will be raised if you eat more protein. Protein has that effect, satiating effect, not just at the meal, to make you kind of stop eating. There's only, I'll give, I always give the example, how much, there's only so much chicken breast you can eat. There's only so much protein-based food you can really eat before you're like, oh, I just can't eat anymore. Um, this also has a good effect in between meals as well. Not to mention things like muscle recovery, things like recovery in terms of skin, hair, nails. You know, I've had messages from people saying, oh, I never get split nails anymore. Like all these little things as well immune system. So, um, not to mention also, like a study say, where they gave people 35 grams of protein at breakfast. This is people with type two diabetes, 35 grams of protein at breakfast. They all subconsciously ate less and they all had better uh, blood sugar level regulation. Now, why is this? Well, you get a little bit sciencey. Well, they, they think not only do people eat less, but also because protein doesn't raise your blood sugar levels, but it does have a insulinogenic effect. So it does potentially increase a little bit of um, so insulin. Insulin can then lower your blood sugar level. Insulin is also potentially a hunger suppressant. So we've got that mechanism as well. So if you try one thing from this, have protein at breakfast. So make sure every meal, that's number one, make sure every meal you have protein in. Hey Stephanie, make sure every meal you have protein in. Why? Well, not just at the meal, but between meals, this is gonna help keep you fuller as well. So protein every meal, number one. Number two, swap your carbohydrates or at least mix them, add in some beans, legumes to your rice or whatever your carbohydrate is. This will also help your protein intake without it seeming like a big thing. Um, that's number two. Number three is look at the percentage of protein in foods. When you see labels that says high protein, get into the, the nitty gritty of the percentage. So what I mean by this, is let's take a whey protein shake, super easy protein shake. Um, it will say 80% protein on. So where it's 80% protein, you know that 80% of that product is protein, which is extremely high. I'll give you a comparison. Uh, chicken breast is about 60%. And how you work that out, I'm have to get a whiteboard here. Let's get a whiteboard. So let's say something is 100 calories, quick maths. 100 calories, and you've got uh, 20 grams of protein in it. 
you like I said, there's four calories in a gram of protein. So one gram of protein equals four calories. So if we take 20 times four equals 80. So now if we say 80 calories, so now we know of that 100 calories in a protein shake, 80 calories are protein. So we know it's 80% protein. That's a very high protein product. You know, it'll have a few grams of fat carbs in there. You take like a high protein breakfast bar. It might have 10 grams of protein in, and it might be about 200 calories. But it says high protein on it. Now, I'm not saying this is bad or good. I'm just saying be aware of this. So 10 times four equals 40 calories. So now we're like, hmm, that's less than 25% now. We're talking 20%. So now we're looking, we're looking at 20% of these calories. So this is now 20% protein, yet it's saying I'm high in protein. And this is just a quick little lesson in labeling. And I'm not saying, like I said, these are bad or good or anything like that, because more protein is still better. Like if they put protein in like Weetabix and the average Joe just goes in there, has their Weetabix, they'll probably see some benefit over time. They might feel a bit more full. They might get the other benefits of protein in terms of muscle recovery. Who knows? They might subconsciously eat a bit less, especially from the research, <clears throat> blood sugar level regulation. That's all good. So I'm not saying that that's a bad thing, but just being aware of that. So that's three things to help you with your protein intake, why you might want to do it as well. I hope that helps. Like I said, if you want more information on our January Kickstart, um, comment below Kickstart, I'll get the details. Free talk, Wednesday, the 26th of January, 8 p.m. Um, if you want more information on that, gut health, how to improve your gut health and ditch the bloating, comment below with gut health. And I'll see you soon. Take care.